Hello, and welcome to episode 48 of Uncovering the Corners of the World podcast. I'm your host, Karina Kasmala. Using research and my personal experiences, where I actually set foot in some of these places, I'll be describing some of the unknown attractions in both the U.S. and around the world. We are continuing our adventure this week in Virginia. On the last episode, we visited the Chesapeake Bay Tunnel Bridge, the distillery owned by George Washington, and the first peanut museum in the U.S. Our first attraction takes us to a place to answer the question, where exactly did country music start in the United States? On the border of Virginia and Tennessee is Bristol, considered to be the birthplace of country music. The birthplace of Country Music Museum is located at 101 Country Music Way in Bristol, Virginia. The first recorded version of country music was in 1927 during the Bristol Sessions. The 1927 Bristol Sessions refers to a group of performers who gathered in 1927 in Bristol, Tennessee to record music for Victor Talking Machines Company's producer, Ralph Peer. Peer was looking for artists to record what he called hillbilly music, or a catch-all term for much of the white folk and popular music composed and performed in the southern United States. This term didn't change until 1949, when this type of music was referred to as country and western music. The history of the 1927 Bristol Sessions can be found at the Birthplace of Country Music Museum, along with other exhibits explaining the history of country music. The museum is also known for its large festivals that hosts over 100 bands on 13 stages. Now, if you remember back to episode 18, Maryland, Wild Horses on a Sateague Island, and a Farm of Robots, I talked about an island of wild horses. In Virginia, there is also an island with wild horses called the Chincoteague Island located on Virginia's eastern shore. Chincoteague Island is covered in marshes, dunes, and forests. Visitors can visit the Chincoteague National Wildlife Refuge, but the Museum of Chincoteague Island describes the stories and history behind the horses and how the island changed over time. Visitors have a chance to learn about the most famous horse from the island. Misty. Misty was the inspiration behind author Marguerite Henry's book, Misty of Chincoteague. Marguerite Henry's book, Misty of Chincoteague, was the first book of a six-part series, and it followed the story of Paul Beebe and his mother, Maureen. They lived on the island Chincoteague, on their grandparents' farm. Paul and Maureen decided to buy a horse at an auction they bought Phantom along with its newborn foal named Misty. The author actually owned one of the horses from Chincoteague Island and named her Misty. Misty lived with her for 10 years in Illinois until Misty returned back to the island. Chincoteague Island isn't the only place where you can see wild horses. You can also see them on Mount 
Roger. Mount Rogers is approximately 5,518 feet above sea level, making it the highest point in Virginia. If you happen to want to climb the mountain, it's 12.4 miles or 6 hours and 38 minutes to get to the very top. Mount Rogers is named after the state geologist William Barton Rogers. He also is the founder of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. It was said that wild ponies, wild horses, have been roaming the fields of Mount Rogers National Recreation Area and the Grayson Highlands State Park since the 1940s. Our last attraction takes us to 1050 Monticello Loop in Charlottesville, Virginia, to the farm of Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States. The Monticello Vegetable Garden and Fruitery is a place where you can find over 330 varieties, or more than 70 types of heirloom vegetables and herbs from around the world. There are also over 170 varieties of fruit, including peaches, apples, cherries, and fruit trees in the Monticello's orchard. Not to mention that Thomas Jefferson also had a vineyard. The garden stretches to be 1,000 feet long, 80 feet wide, covering a total of two acres, and it served as Jefferson's experimental garden where he tested out different cultivation techniques while his enslaved workers took care of his garden. He recorded the progress of his vegetables and fruits in a garden book. Today it's difficult to identify the exact vegetables and fruits that Jefferson wrote in his garden book since the seeds were easily lost if they weren't replanted each year. However, Jefferson did have help when planting. He referred to Bernard McMahon, the author of the American Gardener's Calendar, that provided instructions on how to plant the crops. The official name of the garden is the Thomas Jefferson Center for Historic Plants that was started in 1986. The Monticello House is a place located near the garden that visitors have a chance to tour. The first initial construction of the house began in 1769, but the whole construction wasn't completed until 1809. The house has a total of 43 rooms, including 33 rooms in the house, four in the pavilions, and six under the south terrace. Within that home, there are eight fireplaces, and two openings for stoves in the main floor of the house. If you don't have a chance to visit the house, there is an option to buy the seeds and plant your own garden with plants from around the world. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you want to learn more about the birthplace of country music, check out the website birthplaceofcountrymusic.org. If you're curious about the Shinkatique Island, visit the website shinkatique.com and the Museum.com. There's also a website titled literaryladiesguide.com slash book reviews to read more about Misty of Shingatique. For more information about Mount Rogers, check out the article, The Only Place on the Appalachian Trail Where You Can See Wild Ponies, in the Smithsonian Magazine. 
Lastly, there's a website where you can tour the Monticello House online at the website monticello.org. <laughs>